Please, oh please, though they're all deceased, I beg of you on bended knee. Please, oh please, let them rest in peace, for once they start, they never cease. Ooh, it's like a show. You see, here lies good old Fred, a great big rock fell on his head, Ooh. and at peaceful rest lies brother Claude, planted here beneath the sod. Ooh. The first lady of opera, haunting Harriet, searched for a tune but never could carry it. Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 325 where we are going to be breaking down and talking through our thoughts on the new Muppets Haunted Mansion movie. But before we get into it, what else do we have, Brendan? This episode is made possible by our Patreon, which that is a really fun space that we are so happy that we have. Now we are doing our bonus episode. We're preparing it to get ready to launch this weekend, and it is going to be all about the history and the relationship between Halloween and the Disney parks. So it's kind of been a more recent thing of Disney using Halloween. So we will be covering all of that in a Patreon bonus episode. If you'd like to have access to that in last month's Patreon episode, you can check it out at patreon.com slash detour to Neverland. We'd love to have you over there. We think that it's a really fun space and we'd love to have you be part of it. And there are still magnets available. We're going to keep saying it, but (laughs) still magnets available. If that is something that you are interested in, we'd love to have you over there. So, first of all, I am having a very difficult time in wrapping my mind around that Halloween is a week from Sunday. Oh, it's it's wild. And I feel like part of it, too, is just that we had so much going on, so much new in the parks right now. And, of course, we do live in Florida. It doesn't actually feel like fall And we do have a lot of people in our neighborhood who will decorate for Halloween and everything. But there is still something kind of, I don't know, mental. You know, there's like a mental block with not having fall colors and just fall weather, sweater weather, all that kind of stuff. We're getting there, though. It's getting closer. We are inching our way there, which is so exciting. But I do think maybe that has something to do with it. We haven't watched any of the ABC 30 Days of Halloween movies. That's on Freeform now, but yeah. Well, whatever. It, but it's a it's owned by ABC. Yeah. We haven't watched any of it. We have not. We haven't watched Huluween either. No. No Hocus Pocus yet. So really, that's why this episode is coming out a little bit later I guess we could hide behind. Maybe we're saying we didn't want to spoil it for other people. We want to give everybody a chance. But it's more so just that we were caught up in everything 50th. We never got the chance to sit down and watch 
Muppets Haunted Mansion. And now that we did, we watched it just last night, so it's fresh on our mind. And we're not really giving a review here, per se. I think we're more going to center our discussion around like the little nods that we found that were so good and just talking through it. And then we're going to expand off and kind of theorize at the end of it. But our review is we loved it. Like I thought it was excellent. If you have not watched this yet, you need to stop everything right now. If you are able and go watch it. I was very nervous. Obviously, we have not had the best history with Haunted Mansion movies. Oh, yeah. cut Eddie Murphy some slack. I cut him some slack, but we can all agree it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> and I was very nervous. I also think with some of the newer Muppet things that they've released recently, that hasn't been like out of the out of this world. They haven't knocked it out of the park. And I had high hopes for this, very high expectations, and it was great. I kind of went into this a little bit nervous just because I think I am one of the biggest Muppets fans alive. I think I've kind of made you into a big Muppets fan as well. Is that safe to say? I definitely appreciate them more now that I have you than I would have without you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. And, And I think we can critically look at a lot of the new stuff that has come out Muppet-wise, and it's not been that great. The Disney Plus show that they're doing is not really hitting home with a very large audience, I don't think. The ABC show that they did a couple of years ago kind of flopped. Well, it definitely flopped. Yeah. Really, and I didn't realize this until we were talking with our friend Connor tonight about it, the Muppets, the last really good thing that came out was the Muppet movie reboot with Jason Siegel in it. That's like the last thing that was really like you could put it into the Muppet archives. And so going into this show, movie, whatever, film, whatever you want to call it, I kind of thought like if they don't hit a home run with this, I'm really scared that they're not going to invest the money into the Muppets. So I was so relieved on how well this turned out. How long ago did that Muppet movie even come out now? Because that, I mean, that's pretty old now that you mention it. I feel like I had completely forgotten about it until just now, honestly. 2011, the year that I graduated high school. Okay. And it has a 7.1 on IMDb and a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think we can all agree that was a great movie. (laughs) It, yeah, I mean, it was good. I do. I think this is better, though, probably because of the Parks Association and Halloween and Haunted Mansion. But I do agree. Wow. 2011. OK, so that does kind of put the pressure on the Muppets. So they basically had a 10 year stretch where really nothing has hit home with the exception of Muppet Babies. Which even that, I feel like Muppet Babies kind of backs them into a corner a little bit where it makes like that humor is so different. Muppet Babies, like it is humorous. I've watched some with my niece and like it's good, but it's not the Muppets. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not really preparing toddlers and young children to grow up to be big Muppets fans. Now, maybe to the extent of that, they 
we'll just be familiar with the characters. Like our niece knows Fozzie Bear and knows Kermit and knows Miss Piggy, but that same humor doesn't translate from Muppet Babies into like the Muppets of, of films like this that we saw. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. So I think one of our big talking points whenever we finished this was just how well that this appealed to both Muppet fans, but also to just fans of the Haunted Mansion. The way that they're able to weave that in so seamlessly of doing, bringing us characters like the groundskeeper and his dog and having Will Arnett do some of the ghost host spiel was just such a good way to incorporate it. But then throwing in the little funny jokes of, you know, the, the, Ghost and the uh, skeleton Muppet who couldn't get that dun 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 <laughs> right, you know, like that to me is just classic Muppets of doing a spoof on something, and they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So how do we want to do this? Do we want to go room by room, or not? I guess it's not room by room, <laughs> but I think we can just talk through some of our favorite scenes that popped up throughout of it. I mean, so at the beginning of this, we played. The opening song of Rest in Peace, uh, performed by Darren Chris, And, you know, from that moment, I knew it was going to be good. Stop. That's what I was going to say. That That is honestly, though, where I was like, okay, they get it. You know, with the tombstones and the funny little things on the tombstones, kind of bringing in the humor of the ghost to where they're not scary. They're not bad. You know, they're just kind of quirky. I was like, yes, they're getting it. And I even feel like from the beginning, kind of the back and forth between the great Gonzo and what's God, what's his name? The crawfish prawn. Stop. Ah! Oh my gosh. You are kicked out of this podcast so forever. Okay. But they called him a crawfish at one point. Pepe. Pepe. The king prawn. Oh God. All Please right. say the full name from here on out. Pepe the King Prawn. This is a proper cease and desist to ever not getting Pepe's name correctly. And I apologize to all apologize the other Muppet Pepe. fans. Yeah. yeah. But I even feel like the back and forth with them in the limo. I mean, it was just, it was cute. It was funny. Like we were actually laughing out loud. Well, even like the premise of, Gonzo kind of knows what he's getting into so to a certain extent, but Pepe is completely clueless <laughs> as to what is actually in front of them. I feel like had the perfect kind of prompt or the perfect setting to launch the story off of. So the first scene is where we start to get some of the celebrity cameos. And some of these I actually missed I did too until like the very end in the credit scenes where they highlighted like each person. So I thought we'd share some of our favorites that we saw throughout. We're not going to hit every single one of the cameos, but again, that's classic Muppets. And this is something we talked about off air as well is that sometimes the Muppets and more recently, and I think this happened with that Disney plus show is that they would rely too heavily on the celebrity. Whereas in this show, I think they did such a great job of that. It was really cool to see John Stamos, but he wasn't integral to the story. 
it was just fun to see John Stamos and fun to see him interacting with the Muppets. But even, you know, Will Arnett and Taraji P. Henson, they were playing characters. So they weren't just a celebrity that showed up, you know? John Stamos was actually the only one that was just a celebrity who showed up. But it did fit into the story because that's what Pepe was looking for the entire time. He was convinced that he had made it to the party. And then that's kind of when his fears took over. So it fit. Yeah. So uh, they're kind of broken into two different categories for celebrities. So there's actual ones that are part of the cast and playing more speaking characters. So that's Yvette Nicole Brown, who was the limo driver that Pepe was hitting on. Darren Chris, of course, as the graveyard caretaker. Will Arnett as the ghost host. Taraji P. Henson as Constance Hatchaway, which we will get to that. <laughs> and then John Stamos as himself. But then that first scene is where we start to get a lot of the cameos coming through. So we got Alfonso Ribeiro as the good old Fred, who is Carlton from Fresh Prince. Then we got Ed Asner as Brother Claude, which we didn't realize until after it stopped and someone can correct us, this might have been Ed Asner's last role before his passing. So he played Carl Fredrickson, the voice of Carl Fredrickson, and Up. He did do Doug Days as well, so that could actually have been done after this showing, since Doug Days is new. Then he played Santa Claus and uh, Elf. So he is a legend. He's everywhere. And so it was great to see him included in here. We got Danny Trejo as Cousin Hewitt. We got, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, we got Kim Irvine as the maid who was cleaning off uh, Madam Miss Piggy. Yeah, Miss Piggy. But I was trying to think of Madam Pignota. Oh. <laughs> right? So Kim Irvine is the daughter of Leota Toombs, who is Madam Leota, the the actress who played Madame Leota, Kim Irvine, is a Disney Imagineer now. It actually says Disney Imagineer here on the list that I'm working off of, but I think she might be in Disney Creative. I don't know what the difference is, but I don't know if she's actually under the Walt Disney Imagineering umbrella. Anyway, topic for a different day. And then some of these, we didn't realize who they were. Craig Robinson was a singing bust, and Pat Sajak was also a singing bust. And we didn't realize that live. No, they didn't focus too much on the singing busts. And I even think they could have showed more of the graveyard just itself. They kind of brushed through that fairly quickly, I guess, because they were already in the mansion. But I did wish that there was a little more of that. Yeah, I would agree. I kind of wished when they fell out later that we got to see a little bit more of the graveyard, like you said, but it was still cool to see it. So let's talk about them going inside. Uh, the way that Will Arnett was able to tie in the spiel from the actual attraction, I think was just excellent writing. Oh, absolutely. And the whole the whole process, like you are walking into the mansion, they brought you right into the stretching room, that had to be one of our favorite scenes between the two of us. Collectively, we laughed so hard at that little goat. Yeah, I was going to say, the goat cracked <laughs> me up when Pepe just turns to him and says, dude, what is your problem? <laughs> it made me think of 
you know that Taylor Swift song where they put the goat screaming with it? Oh, gosh. That's what it made me think of, which was funny. But I even like how he came back later doing the same thing, like that spoof. It's just calling back those funny little characters. Same thing with the dun-dun-dun two that kept coming back over and over again. Yeah. So it next, was just great. Next was the seance room, which I, again, think bringing in Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem to be the uh, people playing the instruments for the seance for Madame Pignota, I thought was just an excellent use of character placements. You got Animal, you got Dr. Teeth, and and you got Miss Piggy's banter back and forth. And, and and there you saw like classic Muppets where Miss Piggy is breaking the fourth wall and she's saying, you know, this is the role that I got in this special. You know, they put me in a fishbowl. Like, again, we were just rolling at this point with how good it was. And I didn't realize it until you pointed it out later. But even like you said, the incorporation of Kim Irvine being the person to clean off the, what do you call that, orb I guess just incorporating that in there as a nod to the original attraction into that history. Obviously not everybody is going to pick up on that, but it's just really, again, it it shows that they get it. They understand that the haunted mansion is just one of those attractions. Yeah, I would agree. I think that they catered so well to the enthusiast like us, but also to just the casual person who wants to watch a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I think that's a great example of how they're able to do that. Now, if I had one complaint, I wanted more animal, but can't win them all, I guess. Always more animal. So next room was when Sweetums was running the cart down. Now, did you get some of maybe the same vibes from Muppet Vision 3D, especially when he was like apologizing? (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe that's just his character. I'm not extremely familiar with Sweetums just as a character. But yeah, I felt the same feeling that you do when we watch Muppet Vision 3D. He's just kind of the goofy... I don't know. I don't even know how I'd describe him, really. The goofy kind of side character. I guess I didn't really understand. Why was he running with the cart? I don't know. He's just goofy and big. And Yeah, it just takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Makes you feel, like, panicked a little. Yeah. But then getting into the ballroom scene, again, I think here just the placement of putting them in the same order as the attraction goes so far in just giving you an appreciation for the story that's being told to you, both on the attraction and in the special of stacking them up. And then we didn't even talk about uh, the busts in the library. Oh, uh-huh. Because that was kind of a throwaway scene. but Well, and that was funny too, though, because even they mentioned that Dr. Honeydew and Beaker mentioned like, oh, this was our cameo. Like, this is all we got kind yeah. of thing. But I feel like when you think about the ballroom scene, I do think this is another one that they did really well. I loved the draw where you had Sam Eagle. And do you know who the other guy was that was drawing? I don't remember. I was just paying attention to Sam. Oh, but I just thought it was funny how they were drawing pictures instead of drawing a gun. 
and just those little funny things. Of course, this is where we got introduced to Fozzie Bear as Hatbox Ghost. And I thought tears might come to my eyes because it was perfect. It was just so perfect. And did you realize his actual name was Gauzy Bear? Has Gauzy the Hatbox Bear was his official. Sorry, I butchered that. Gauzy the <laughs> Hatbox Bear was his official name in there. So why Gauzy instead of Fozzie? I guess to make it like gory, kind of like gauze. Okay. Like you would use to pack a wound or something. Did they give Kermit a funny name too? Uh, just the showman ghost. The showman ghost. Is his name. I like the pig, Madam Pignota. That might be my favorite. Yeah, I would agree with that one. But then I, what did you think of kind of the spin of having that be almost like a show or a presentation that Kermit and Fozzie Bear were putting on together? Because the ballroom scene obviously is depicting that they're partying. Mm-hmm. Like they're in an endless party is that's kind of the interpretation that I've always taken, especially because that's what the comic books are depicting is that they are trapped in an endless party in that room. And I felt like they kind of alluded to that same kind of thing that this is, this is what they do. Yeah. They're there to entertain. Yeah. I liked it. I even liked how in this part of the movie, the um, ghost host, Will Arnett, he kept popping back up and kind of moving the story along too. And they just kept hitting on the fact that, like, oh, you're going to be stuck here forever. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to be a part of. Look, don't you want to come be part of this show too? So again, it's kind of fitting the narrative. Yeah. I liked the little song and everything. You did? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it was good. And then I liked at the end where you got to see all of them come. So that's where we got to see like the Swedish chef and Salmonella and like all these other characters that we didn't know we were going to get to see kind of, that's a moment where we got to see him. And then one note I wanted to make because Salmonella does pop up there. He was actually played by Brian Henson in this Jim's son. So that was a nice little nod. Oh, that is nice. I like that. So, what was the next scene? Constance, right? Well, I guess, yeah, this is kind of where it breaks off into the two parts because from here, this is where we see Pepe kind of go off and do his own thing versus Gonzo go off and do his own thing. So, this is where we saw Gonzo. He was walking down the hall looking for his fear Do we want to talk about that part of it? Because Constance has got to be the finale. Yeah, I thought Gonzo's little side story was, it it stretched on a little too long for me. And that's maybe like my only negative thing to say about this is just like the mirror scene. I thought it it was cute. And I just love seeing Gonzo get sentimental about Kermit. So Mm -hmm. I liked that part, but it was a little long, I thought. Well, and honestly, though, this was even kind of the scariest part because Gonzo looked quite freaky as like an old shriveled up Gonzo. I mean, he is he was not cute. You didn't like that? No, with his little wrinkly nose and his little wiry hair everywhere. It was a little scary. He was. But I was kind of predicting that his fear 
was going to be something about, I thought it was going to be him being alone because he seemed to be very focused heavily on his friends. Yeah. I think they kind of laid the groundwork for that with the, you know, the rest of them besides Pepe and Gonzo being at the other party. So it was a nice little tie in, I think, but yeah, Constance and Pepe is the main storyline then to go off of or the main protagonist or, or conflict going on. And at the same time, this is also where, since Pepe kind of broke off and did his own thing, we got the John Stamos cameo. And this it was, was much, this was much earlier than that. Oh, was it? Yeah. I think John Stamos was even before the ballroom scene. Oh, I guess I'm a little off, but it was not what I was expecting. I just thought they were going to like have a little conversation. I mean, I kind of jumped in my seat when he turned into his little scary Muppet face. How scary can a Muppet even be, though? I it had like a big beak. It only showed it for like a second. Are but you scared of birds? Maybe I am. It was a little alarming. So would we both agree that Taraji P. Henson's portrayal of Constance was flawless? I mean, yeah, I... I don't even think I have anything to say about it. Negative. I think Constance has always been a character that we have been enthralled by from the comic books and just other backstories. And you can kind of see, even in the Eddie Murphy film, they leaned heavily on this idea of the bride. In that, did they actually call her Constance? I don't think so. But it was the same idea. Yes. There was a... Well, it was actually flipped, wasn't it? That they, they wanted Eddie Murphy's wife to be the bride. In there, but there's always been a. But it was a you know the marriage thing, I guess. Yeah. So I this was kind of our first exposure on a. I was gonna say a movie screen. If you could watch this on a movie screen if you wanted, but <laughs> on the big screen of Constance, where that whole attic scene is all about her in the ride. So you're seeing all of her past marriages, seeing her getting the pearl necklaces, continue going down. It's up to five. And of course, in the Disneyland version, that's where you get to see Hatbox Ghost as well. So that's a nice little tie in. But yeah, I think seeing that story come to life and seeing that I had never really thought about it in the attic scene of that, yeah, all of her deceased husbands are probably there too. <laughs> and seeing their banter of being like, here we go again, was I just so funny to me. It was, I love how they set it up from the very beginning with all of her necklaces. That was really the first thing that stood out to me. Um, The axe, of course, that was never far away. But then I agree, using the Muppets as all of her ex-husbands and kind of watching them pop out from their portraits one at a time to just narrate the whole situation with Pepe was so funny. And the fact that he was never, I mean, obviously he was kind of under a spell, but that he never even wavered. Like there was never really a back and forth between Pepe and the the deceased husbands. I almost wish that there was because they were so funny on their own. Yeah. Well, oh, well, I was first and, you know, all their little things, like still even kind of competing amongst each other, even though you're all dead. Like she killed all of you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I guess we're we're skipping a few steps, but if you've seen it, then you're familiar with it. But obviously then Gonzo makes the great uh, save the day portion after he's able to confront his fears. 
He gets spit out by the monsters by tickling him to get <laughs> spit up there. What did you think about that? I mean, I knew something was going to happen. Obviously, he was going to get up there somehow. But I did also like how they actually made it an attic, that it was not just, you know, a room. They clearly made it like a pull-down door to get into the attic, and that's where Constance is, and that's where she dwells. Mm-hmm. With all her creepy stuff. And even in the background props, you could see that they took them straight out of the ride. I mean, it was, again, just so well done for your Haunted Mansion fanatic again. And just knowing that that's where you were ending. Like, you could kind of see at this point that the movie was kind of wrapping up. This was the big finale, almost like in the ride. And then I guess we have to talk about the exit. So if you did not, I was going to say if you didn't think of us, but that's not the right way. (laughs) But if it didn't cross your mind about them falling out of the attic. Being put, I guess they jumped out of the attic. Yes, but how that was so representative of how you were falling out of the attic and being pushed out of the attic by Constance in the attraction then we have not done our job well. (laughs) Because that was like our biggest thing that we talked about, I feel like, in our Haunted Mansion episodes that we did them over a year ago now, by the way. Which is wild. But yeah, the the way to incorporate that, which I will give credit due to the Eddie Murphy version as well. They also, they jumped with the hearse out of the attic, but it was the same type deal. You jump out of the attic and you fall into the graveyard. The inclusion of that was chef's kiss. I think as soon as that scene happened, Brendan like pops up. He's like, look at me. He's like, they're going out of the attic. They're falling. And it was, it was a big moment because there's a lot of ways that that could have gone. You know, how else are they going to get out of the house? I guess it's kind of the same thing. Even in the ride, You work your way through the entire house, all the corridors, all the rooms, and you're at the top. Well, how are you going to get out? There's only one way out. You got to go through the window. And it was kind of nice to see that play through, too. And then they end back in the graveyard again with the gravedigger and the dog, just like you would on the ride. There they were, just waiting. Yep. So did you kind of suspect that Will Arnett was going to be the ghost host and the magician at the same time? No. they. I mean, maybe I should have because they kept talking about the magician and that was Gonzo's whole thing in being there. But I just kind of let that one go. I I didn't really think too much about the magician part of it until the end. Yeah. Um. So kind of last thing that I wanted to talk about, and then I, I'm i looking at the WDW Magazine write-up on this, which is excellent, so I'd recommend looking it up if you want to get some of the behind-the-scenes information on this. But my last question is, is this an instant classic? Is this something that you are now going to watch every Halloween And if so, where does it stack up against some of these others that we always watch around this time of year of Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, and Nightmare Before Christmas? Uh, I'm going to say absolutely yes. I want to watch this 
every year. I even think just because the Haunted Mansion is something that is year-round anyway, I feel like you can watch this year-round, not just at Halloween. But I feel like it's got to be up there. I enjoyed this just as much as I you know, enjoy a Nightmare Before Christmas or a Hocus Pocus. You're not a Halloween Town fan? Uh, I mean, it's okay. I'm not going to say like it's bad. Obviously, we watch it. But, I mean, this is up there. This was great. Because there's not a lot of Halloween movies that are great, honestly. I agree. I think it's automatically it's something. I'm probably going to watch it at least one more time this year. Probably on Halloween, if I'm guessing. Oh, man. Because Halloween's on a Sunday. Nobody's going out, doing anything on a Sunday. Yeah, it's going to have to be. Trick-or-treating is going to, it has to be Saturday, right? Oh, gosh. Why don't you ask our Facebook group, when is trick-or-treating? Oh, my gosh. People love asking that question no, this time of year. I cannot be that person. But I would agree. I think, to me, I think Nightmare Before Christmas is number one. But this one might be neck and neck with Hocus Pocus for me. I would probably still rank Hocus Pocus as number one for me, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, and then maybe this Muppets one. Yeah, I'm so glad that it did well. I am honestly elated that it did so well, because if it would have been trash, we would have had two very unhappy people. Yep. So we couldn't stop without, and I don't know how this didn't come from our conversation, but again, WDW Magazine had a write-up of some of the best quotes from the movie. I I'm so excited. <laughs> and the one that made us laugh the loudest, I'm not even going to be able to get this out, <laughs> is when Pepe says, if I don't see some champagne cocktails and horsey d'oeuvres... <laughs> But wait a minute. We started laughing during it last time, so we didn't hear the end of it. Okay. He says, ASPCA, I'm out of here. So he doesn't <laughs> even say ASAP. Oh, oh my God. It was, yes, the horsey derbs. That was amazing. Oh, God. And then when Statler and Waldorf say, we're ghosts, booing comes with the territory. Yes, they were always funny. They had a couple good lines. Yeah, during the credits... They said, he, I can't remember if it was Statler or Waldorf, but he said, oh, my life flashed right before my eyes. And he said, how was it? He said, better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, your, your little voice for them, too. That was great. I'm going to be, we're going to be Statler and Waldorf for Halloween next year. Oh, my gosh. Let's do it, I guess. So that is maybe like the first section of this episode couple more things that we want to discuss before we sign off secondly do we think that they can do this with other attractions in walt disney world or other spoofs that they can go down this route for i think to me there's an obvious one maybe of pirates in the caribbean that they could do okay we do have muppet treasure island that already exists and that was successful so kind of in that same the same vein vein, they could maybe do something like that. Now, would you need Johnny Depp to do it? Or maybe you tie it in with the next coming of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and get Margot sure. Robbie or you get Orlando Bloom. He's not controversial, right? Yeah, or he is just, he? He just dates Katy Perry. So she's fine. 
people are just jealous, I think. Probably. Um, you could go that route or I don't I don't know if they've actually confirmed Karen Gillian as red, but I feel like we've all cast her as red already. So she's in our head, yeah. She has to be in it. The one that I thought would be an obvious good one would be Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Get the rock. I yeah. mean, that would be hilarious. I just think like with all the jokes that they already have and all the little puns and everything. Now I will say we still haven't watched the Jungle Cruise movie with the rock. Um, so maybe they already took he a good stab at it. Now, by the way. Okay, well, he's the rock to everybody forever. I don't know if you know that. But man, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be really I had kind good. of an off the wall one that I think they could do it well, but it could go horribly wrong, and that's small world. Mm. Because I do think you have to go and I because it works so well with Haunted Mansion, I'd almost say that you maybe need to do not an IP-based attraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you could do Big Thunder Mountain. Could be a candidate for that. But Small World, unless it's like too on the nose. And I don't really know what I mean by that. But like, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. You can't just, you can't spend an hour just making fun of the song. Yeah, that would get old pretty quick. Okay, Tiki Room. Oh. Oh, I was going to say Tiki Room 2, and then I saw behind you Tower of Terror. Yeah. Tower of Terror. The problem is they're already making a movie for that. Who cares? Give us more. I can tell you one person who cares. Who? Scarlett Johansson. But, um, Unless it's done as like a promo for the movie. That would be funny. Yeah, they could even take this, and if they didn't want to do like a bunch of maybe full-length movies, I mean, this could be a series where the Muppets are kind of spoofing all of these different attractions. Which I do think is a great callback to the great Muppet movie ride that never was. That was supposed to come to MGM Studios back in the day, which was literally going to be built as a spoof of the great movie ride, just like 300 yards away. And it's, it's kind of the same idea. So I, I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, one more thing I want to talk about and then we'll have our final question is we are getting a, another Haunted Mansion live action movie coming down the pipeline and we have some casting news that has come out recently for it and I want to get your opinion on what it appears the direction that they're going with it so according to the Hollywood Reporter the cast now includes Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson, who is Ahsoka Tano. Okay. Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield. So I don't know who Lakeith Stanfield is, but I'll look him up. But what I'm, or her, I don't know. Lakeith Stanfield is known for... Judas and the Black Messiah. Sorry to bother you, Atlanta. Uh, oh, he was in Get Out. That's the only thing that I've seen that he was in. But what I'm, what this casting appears to me, especially with Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, and Tiffany Haddish, is that they're going a comedic route, which I don't know if I'm on board for. 
I kind of feel like we need the dark side of it. I think they have to write a very fine line because that's even what we ran into when we did our research on the Haunted Mansion is it is a fine line of that these ghosts are kind of harmless, but they're stuck here, but it is a haunted mansion. So it's kind of creepy and spooky and you have all these effects, but at the end of the day, like it's funny, it's a catchy song, you've got the humor and I would love to see that incorporated into a movie. I feel like with the Muppets, we were able to get all of that just from the fact that they were Muppets doing it. I do think, like you said, with those three in particular, I mean, they're comedians, you know? I really don't want it to turn into another Eddie Murphy thing. I know. And I think, unfortunately, that's what a lot of people are probably already thinking. And I hope that Disney and whoever is producing this movie knows that and is acutely aware of the fact that the other one was not good and that they're really trying to make sure that this one is better. It's just strange because there was that Benicio del Toro version that we were going to get a couple years ago that fell apart. That was, you know, based on his genre for the most part, it was going to be dark and like a real backstory for these characters. And yeah, with, I mean, I just speculation. DeVito is probably the groundskeeper. Owen Wilson is probably the ghost host. Tiffany Haddish is probably Madame Leota. And if I had to guess, Rosario Dawson is Constance. I mean, who knows for sure, but like they kind of all fall into those places, I feel like. I would have maybe switched DeVito and Owen Wilson. You think Danny DeVito could be the ghost host? Maybe. Yeah. Owen, well, I don't know if I see Owen Wilson as a ghost host. One of them could be Hatbox Ghost as well. Or they're just, or they're not actually characters from the attraction, which I think it would be a mistake. I think we need <laughs> to learn about Master Gracie and about Madame Leota and about Constance and. Ezra and Phineas and Gus. That was another nice little nod at yeah, the very we end. we missed them. We forgot to say that. And then even the hurry back and all that, that they tied into that too. Yeah. So that's uh, just something we'll keep an eye out for. Something to keep in mind. But I, when I say dark, I don't think it has to be scary. I just think more in line with like maybe a Pirates of the Caribbean where it's it has comedic a comedic undertone, but it's actually like high stakes and you know deep storytelling. Okay. So maybe maybe we just need a better word for dark. But I agree with that. I do I would like to see something with substance. And that's why I think with those different comedians, it makes me a little nervous because I feel like they could just try to make it spoofy again. But in my mind, the Muppets already took care of that for us. Yeah. Okay. So um, I know this is how rumors get started and I don't want to spread any rumors, but let's just play a hypothetical game that maybe I was told at one point not by anybody in particular, but it was someone that I would trust. You look like you're pumping the brakes on me. 
I'm go ahead. Rumor spreader. It's a rumor. And that's that's what we're saying. This is a rumor, but they told me that there's a high likelihood that in 2022, the Haunted Mansion and Magic Kingdom will be getting a holiday overlay to the same extent of Haunted Mansion holiday, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay in Disneyland. And I was told this information before... Haunted, uh, Haunted Mansion Muppets came out. So now after it has come out, could it be anything else? If it happens, I guess is, is the big happens. caveat. If this is actually taking place and they are going to do an overlay, could it be anything else besides the Muppets at this point? I mean, I would hope not. I think it would be a great addition or I would even love if we were thinking smaller scale, if they would do like a Haunted Mansion Muppet show, kind of like they used to do in that Liberty Square area. I think that would even be just a nice little thing for the holidays. But I would love, I think they could do it really well with different tombstones kind of centered around the Muppets, even like we saw in the movie. Uh, we might actually get a hatbox ghost, a fuzzy hatbox ghost. I would Pee my pants. That would be so incredible. And I think they could do it pretty simply. Because they did keep so many things from the ride in the movie, I don't think it would have to be a whole thing like they do in Disneyland with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because that is something that we've heard them say in the past where they don't want to completely take away the experience of the Haunted Mansion for guests who are maybe just coming for the first time or that once in a lifetime trip to Disney world. I think you can incorporate the Muppets pretty easily without taking away like the integrity or the original story of the haunted mansion. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the obvious things that you do, you'd switched out the stretching portraits to be the Muppets stretching portraits. You'd have maybe Kermit or Gonzo or Pepe giving the spiel. Like if you compare it to Disneyland instead of Jack giving this the spiel at the beginning. I think it has to be Gonzo. Yeah. And then you put Madame Pignota in the seance room. And then you maybe you just find some other ways. Sam Eagle doing the draw. Like, you know, all those little scenes that they already kind of came up with, they could just incorporate those. Yeah. So I think I agree. I don't think they'd have to go maybe all, all out, like underline like they do for Haunted Mansion Holiday where they take it down for however long, like four to six weeks in order to switch it over. I don't think it's that long. I mean, but, it is a long time though. But maybe it's just a week shut down in order to get it prepared. I I think they could pull it off and I hope they pull it off. It would be amazing. Do you think, are we rumor spreaders? I mean, not we, you started it. So if anyone asks, I'm going to blame you for sure. But I agree. It's hard to imagine what else it could be. I mean, obviously, Hocus Pocus, they spend a lot of time using Hocus Pocus in the, in the Disney World parks around Halloween. You even said something about Coco, but I don't know if that necessarily fits. Like those to me seem more of a huge overhaul. And in my mind, if you're going to do a huge overhaul, give me Nightmare Before Christmas. 
I know they're not. I know that's a Disneyland thing, but. But they do have it in Tokyo, too. So they do copy it other places. But at least what I was told is it was not going to be Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I I think Coco, I don't think, I, I think I'm not an expert on this topic, but I don't think you need to mix Halloween and Dia de los Muertos because they're very two different things. They are. I mean, they're two completely separate holidays. Correct. So I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that's appropriate. Um, yeah, Hocus Pocus. I love Hocus Pocus. I think I'm, I, they've kind of shoved it down our throat. I, I want the stage show back. Like, I don't, <laughs> but I don't care about a Haunted Mansion overlay. And then, yeah, I can't really think of anything else that would fit the bill. Because, like we've said already, the Halloween movies are in somewhat of short supply. There's just not a ton. Yeah. So, any other thoughts before we sign off? Just if you have not watched this movie. Well, then run. why did they listen to a whole episode if they haven't I listened? don't know, but if you haven't, if you've somehow made it this far and you haven't watched it, run to go watch it. It is very good. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Send us a message. Tag us in an Instagram story, whatever it might be. Share your thoughts. We'd love to share it with the rest of the audience. We thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this and got any entertainment out of it, we'd love if you would leave us an iTunes review. It's absolutely the best way to help the show grow and let other people find us and join us. And if you'd like to check out our Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash detour to Neverland. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will be back on Monday and we can't wait to chat with you then. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.